Welcome into another edition of Stuck in Misery. I'm your host, Mark Bergens, joined as always by my guy, Sam Renchen, running the two-man band tonight. And Sam, I wanted to get right into this. The Euro 2020 final, England, Italy. This is like your wheelhouse. (laughs) I thought it was an incredibly compelling game. Italy winning in penalty kicks. Your first takeaway from the big match on Sunday. Well, Mark, thanks for having me on again. You know, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. But too long. It's been too long. Yeah. Oh, day, today, definitely the Monday Blues after the tournament. I thought the Euro 2020s was an awesome tournament. My first thought is like, I hate how it had to end on PKs. It's always such a hard way to end the game, especially in a championship game. I mean, it's electric if you win, but it's like gut-wrenching and heartbreaking if you lose. There's two sides to it. The extreme ways to lose and win. But I think England kind of got what they deserved a little bit. So basically, England had one shot on goal the whole game, and it was their goal, which is pretty <laughs> sad. <laughs> they had hey, at least they're efficient. They're shots. efficient. So like I was, you know, talking up their, you know, in Italy's goaltender, and rightfully so, but he made zero saves in regular time, which is insane. <laughs> he didn't need to. He didn't yeah, need he didn't to. <laughs> For me, first watching the game, like, so they scored in the second minute off an awesome volley, and then they just didn't do anything else the rest of the game. They, yeah. I thought England just played way too conservatively. They essentially had, like, five, like, uh, defenders in the game because they started three three defenders, like, center backs, and they had two wingers that, like, could go up, but they're more naturally defenders, so they drift back more. And I'm just thinking that, and they had two center defensive mids there, too. And I'm just thinking, like, you're up one nothing in the European championship, like one goal is not going to win this game. You know, once there's an early goal, there's always should be more, I guess, chances in the game because one team has to chase the game. So that could open up more chances for the, for England to exploit them. However, I thought that like, they just didn't go after the game. They're kind of sitting back and letting yeah. Italy get to them where it's like, you have a chance to put the game away with another goal or two. And they just didn't take advantage of the opportunities. And, you know, lo and behold, it goes to PKs and it should have, it could have been, it could have been over before that. But, and I, I hate to see all of this hate towards those three England players that, that missed the, their PK, but like, yeah, you get yeah. Stepping up and taking that PK. Some of those players didn't. So it, it takes a lot of guts to get, it, get in there. And some, I think the commentator was like, you got to choose players who can live with themselves if they miss, you know, and these <laughs> players did. So, I mean, it was it's it was a wild ending. I think Italy was the better team in the game, and they deserved to win. But I just hate to see how it went, you know, decided on PKs. And stuff. Yeah, England's Bukayo Saka. I'm probably yeah. butchering his name. 19 years old yeah. comes into the game like cold off the bench. It almost reminds me of like in basketball when you bring someone off the bench to make a big shot late in the game who's been on the bench the entire game, not to mention the dude's a teenager. So (laughs) there was that. Immediately upon England losing, Sam, this game was played at Wembley. It reminded me of when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played Super Bowl 55 this past season at Raymond James Stadium. You Mm -hmm. could totally tell in the stadium everyone was pulling for England in this match. Like, yeah. like you could just tell that immediately, despite this being the final. But 
I'll say this, like it was almost as if England was playing not to lose for nearly the entirety of the game, getting that early goal. And they were playing as if you would say in the last 10 minutes, if you had a lead versus almost an entire 90 minute game, plus the extra time as well, because it was tied at the end of 90 minutes, one to one. And you mentioned penalty kicks. It was certainly exhilarating. I almost think that a golden goal would have been a better situation just because once it went into extra time, Sam, to me, it was almost as if like both teams were playing not to lose and they were only going to capitalize if one of the teams made a fatal mistake where you get a counter going the other way. But in extra time, maybe it's because everyone was gassed at that point too, but like just to me to have this come down to penalty kicks, especially if I'm an England fan, I'm shaking my head this morning. Yeah, but then you, you got to look back at like you can't blame it on the PKs. Like you, 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 your team could have done way more in, in regular time and in, in extra time to win the game. So, and there has it has to come down to deciding on PKs because how else are they going to? You can't just play golden goal. You can't just play until these players can't run anymore. You only get a certain amount of subs. So it's like after 120 minutes, man, these players are exhausted. So, but also like to your point when, you know, picking the PK lineup and then that's my biggest, I think, criticism for like their coach. It's like, you're putting in two guys, Sancho and Rashford, who literally come in in the 120th minute. And so the, their first touch the ball was literally a PK. It's like, you got to put that pressure on them where there's other guys who, you know, have had a feel for the game and grew into the game throughout the whole, the, into the championship, the biggest moment. And you're, you're coming in cold, like, right off the bench. It's like, I don't know if I would have picked picked them or unless maybe they wanted to do it themselves, but, and then having, having a 19 year old guy who had a great tournament, but this is going to be a moment that will, people will remember him by regardless of it. He's in his, you know, he either go be one way or the other, go be good for him or he can kind of, you know, look back at it and use this as motivation, or it can really do a lot to his confidence and really kind of just, it, it could definitely hurt his, mentality a little bit um so hopefully it doesn't but i mean these are all young players and those are that's the future of england like those a lot of those three guys are so we'll see how they bounce back from it i think they have a great team still and i think they can definitely be contenders for the next world cup and you know international tournaments to come but you can't just this feeling will last with them for a long time i'm gonna push back a little bit on my golden goal proposal for this reason as soon as I saw that Giorgio Chiellini was playing in this game, I immediately <laughs> texted you and I'm like, this guy like 40 years old, is this actually the Chiellini that I yeah. used to play with playing FIFA soccer back when we were in college, Sam? Yeah, it is. It's not his carcass. And he's still a great player, very savvy, knows oh, yeah. his angles. Late in the game, got a penalty card, pretty much forced yeah. collar tackled one of the Italian offensive players to prevent offensive player one-on-one situation with the goalie. If he can go the duration of the game at the age of 36, Sam, I I don't know. I don't know. Different animal, man. Those Italians, man, those guys are different. They're crazy. They they have a screw list. So like those guys maybe could, I mean, he, I wouldn't want to come in his way. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, him and uh, Benucci are both like, it's like, look, the narrative of an old man winning a title or a championship it never gets old in sports. Like oh. we're watching the NBA finals right now. It's like, oh man, Chris Paul's finally getting his due in his thirties towards the end of his career. Can he do it? 
that storyline will never get old regardless of the sport. And it was nice to see Chiellini get his in, in well, this in this final. Another good storyline that I love is like, you know, Gialigi Buffon was like the legend of Italian goalkeeping. And so they had this new guy who comes out of nowhere, Bonaru- Damaruma or whatever his mm-hmm. name is, had a heck of a tournament. He was named player of the tournament and he got signed to PSG just, just now. And like, now he's a whole household name. Now he's going to, you know, carry on Gialigi Buffon's footsteps for years to come. So I love seeing how like when an old legend retires, who's going to be that next guy to step up. And he definitely did that. Yeah, and Italy coming into this game, beating Belgium, the number one ranked team in the world, beating Spain, where just look at Spain's roster and get back to me, and then beating England in the final. So definitely very deserving. But again, I go back to where it's like England gets the early goal, and they're just playing, again, not to lose from a defensive standpoint, just trying to hang on to a one nothing lead for this entire match. It didn't work. Not at all. And I think England definitely benefited from being on the easier side of the bracket. Like if they would have had to play, who knows? I mean, they, they beat Germany, but then they kind of had an easy walk in the park game with Ukraine and Denmark. They're no joke, but they barely scraped by with a victory off of a controversial PK. So I, I think England is probably not, I mean, they're, I don't think they were, would be as good as Belgium. I don't think they're as good as France. Um, we said we saw them lose to Italy. Again, I don't think they're probably the, the top two, top three team in the tournament, but they definitely were able to help out by being on that side of the bracket. So like we said, I think the better team won and um, just a shame that it had to come down to PKs, man. 34 matches unbeaten for Italy yep. consecutively in a row. You were telling me and a group of our buddies about how much fun that it would be. And it was just incredibly compelling television. I mean, they're showing shots of David Beckham in the crowd sitting alongside like Tom Cruise during the game. Like, can you imagine being a fly on the wall? Like what kind of conversation is David Beckham and Tom Cruise having at Wembley during this final on Sunday? These are questions I have. It's like, you think there's fandom, you know, in, the SEC, you know, you got like Ohio State fandom that's probably some of the biggest fans I've ever seen. But when it comes to the European soccer in England, especially those some of the most diehard fans, like they live and, and die. Literally, it affects like how their their mental state, depending on how their team does on that week or whatever. Before, during, and after the game too, Sam, I was sending you some of the Instagram story from UK Paul Brown, who I've talked to a few times on podcasts before. He's a huge Cleveland Browns fan. And he was trying to go to the game. It was more than 2,000 pounds to be able to go to see the match in person at Wembley. So he just had footage from people before the game celebrating, during the game celebrating, after the game celebrating. And it just looked like absolute Babylon in the UK yesterday for this. Well, it's final. like when you go to those games and it's on my bucket list to go, but I've heard that you literally go to the, your seat and you're not moving until the, the whole game. Like you're singing, you're getting enough beers that'll last you till halftime. Then you're going to take a pee and then you're going to come back and you're going to be just as obnoxious and you're singing the whole time, man. It's yeah. like in, I'm, I was actually really happy to see that the fans back in the stands. Cause like soccer is one of those 
sports that like the fans actually really do sway a lot of your players. Like they give you that extra yeah. push and it just brings that atmosphere. Like it makes it 10 times better. Did you notice like in the middle of the field though, there was just like a huge chunk where there was just open seating. Yeah. I was wondering that like, too. What I, was going on there? Like I had yeah. no idea. It's like, is this not the Euro 2020 final? And we have right. like open seats. And again, because I, I, I know people with boots on the ground there. Yeah. I'm just like wondering, I'm like, how are there open seats? And I don't know if their protocols aren't as far along with the pandemic as we are here in the United States, but I was oh, very okay. confused by that. Just throw everyone in the back of the, uh, the, the, uh, the goal and then just. That's well, because listen, listen, like there would have been people that would have done unspeakable things to be able to get into the stadium. I mean, I saw footage of people rushing the gates at Wembley to try to get in. Like, can you imagine this in the United States? Like this would never happen. No. Yeah. Knocking over security guards, knocking over like fences and everything just to storm and go in. I mean, crap, dude, like numerous people got in from there. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Wild, dude. You'd be arrested and sent to jail if you did that in in the United States, or that would probably wouldn't be possible, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and I know they were. I think eventually security got things under control, but I would not be surprised if dozens of people. I probably I don't know if I'd quite say a hundred, but I'd comfortably say dozens that got in from storming the barriers to try to get in to see this match. It was unbelievable. There's just like there's like so there's like a huge crowd of people and there's like three security guards so like naturally you're just gonna overrun them. Yeah, yeah, and it's like all the England fans are just chanting about the the Harry Maguire song and then uh, the song Coming, Coming Home. Home. Oh Coming my gosh! Home. Like just put that just put that on loop. Like honestly, I know you're bummed yeah. out if you're an England fan today, but just like give yourself amnesia, revel back in the glory. Like just seeing how happy people were g- yeah. gave me great joy, and I really don't have a dog in the fight. Exactly, man. There's something about the sport. It just, it allows you to feel things, man. Man, I love the sport, dude. And I think the tournament, like, hopefully brought more people, like, on board with it. I mean, when that game, when, or that day, when it was, like, Spain, Croatia, France, and Switzerland, might have been the best day of soccer I've ever seen. Both games, like, there's goals in, like, the night, there's two goals in, like, the 90th minute and stoppage time. They both go to PKs. France goes down the defending world cup champions it's like that's what i love about the sport dude it's like anything can happen on any day i'm very happy that i did not gamble on any of this tournament because it would have just been a blind wager like i don't you know bet on draws man <laughs> i made some money off of england drawing because i know that like they're gonna try to either score or they're just gonna play defensively <laughs> i did i we, we bet yesterday on a draw like in regular time and hit again so Maybe that's my claim to fame. Sammy football's hot. And when we're talking football, we're talking the other football, not American football. So there we go. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts from this tournament? Euro 2020, certainly entertaining. Italy taking care of England in penalty kicks. Any final thoughts, Sam? Uh, You know, not really. I think, again, it was a great, great final game. I hope that the, those three guys who missed the PKs, that they're, they can kind of lift themselves and bounce back from it because uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. I look forward to seeing Giorgio Chiellini out there at the age of like 44, still dominating offensive players as one of the premier defenders in the game. Oh, man. I know. He's a leader among men. For Sam Retchen, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. If you like the show, 
go leave us a five-star review. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Stuck in Misery wherever you listen to your podcast. Take care. So long, everyone, and we'll see you next time.